You are Locked On Balls, your daily podcast on the Tennessee Volunteers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in to Locked On Balls, your team every day. My name is Josh Ward. Thank you for being here on today's show. This is going to be a busy one with Tennessee football here to start the show. Tennessee basketball to talk about with the Vols entering SEC play tonight against Missouri. It's going to be a 9 o'clock Eastern time tip-off with Tennessee facing Missouri. I'll get to that game on today's show with Grant Ramey of Go Vols 247 stopping by. Jay Graham with a tweet that offers some indication maybe for the 21 season and 22 recruiting that Tennessee is working on. We'll get to all of that with the off-season talk continuing for Tennessee football right here on Locked On Vols. It's here five days a week. It's covering what's going on with Tennessee. It's available anywhere you listen to podcasts. Apple, Google, Spotify, you name the platform. It carries Locked On Vols, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. And Tennessee continues to play the waiting game in terms of What is Jeremy Pruitt's future? What's going to happen? It's what I talked about last week. It's what I talked about on Monday and Tuesday's show. And here we are halfway through the week, still talking about it. If you saw The Rock on Tuesday morning, you saw it painted with Fire Pruitt as well as Fire Fulmer. And couldn't we all guess that that was going to come into the conversation at some point with Philip Fulmer and Jeremy Pruitt being tied together? And Philip Fulmer has seen fans turn on him before, and it appears to be happening again With some fans, not all fans, a lot of fans still support Philip Fulmer as the athletic director, but it's more about the conversation that just continues on. It's a conversation we had in the mid to late 2000s and then at different points in the last decade about what fans want to see, where the frustration level is or the support level of the coach, and at different times, the athletic director, Mike Hamilton, Dave Hart, John Curry, and now Philip Fulmer who is in that position and has been for just a little more than three years. He was hired at the start of December 2017. Then he hired Jeremy Pruitt. And for the most part, over the last three years or two and a half years, they had incredible support. But then this past season happened, and here we are again. And Philip Fulmer and Jeremy Pruitt seem to be tied together almost in terms of the conversation about Jeremy Pruitt's future. Will he for sure be the head coach in 2021? That can often bring up the follow-up question, will Philip Fulmer be Tennessee's athletic director moving forward? And what we need to know is, what does the administration think? What does Randy Boyd think? What is Donnie Plowman's opinion on the situation? And then influential people, money people, what do they think about the status of Tennessee's football program? Last week, when Chris Lowe of ESPN joined us on Sports 180, I asked him a question that was maybe a little unfair at the time just because it's still so difficult to get an exact read on where things are or what's going to happen, even what the timeline is. But I asked Chris Lowe, what is his expectation level that Jeremy Pruitt is coaching Tennessee in 2021 and that Philip Fulmer is Tennessee's athletic director? How likely is that for the next year? Here's what Chris Lowe said. Oh, about 50-50. I think that it depends on what this what they find as far as the compliance. You know, I, I don't know how serious that is and whether people josh are going to pony up the kind of money if they want jeremy out as football coach there's going to be enough people to pony up the money to do it uh so i mean it's just hard to say but clearly there's there's people who are disappointed and, and there are people looking and i think if you're a, if you're philip or if you're jeremy you're sort of wondering you know do they really want you here at this point And we still don't have an answer, at least officially and not publicly. So we continue to play the waiting game. And another question that comes up is, okay, if Tennessee were to decide to make a move, 
What would Tennessee then do next? A lot of fans say go hire Hugh Freeze. A lot of fans say don't go hire Hugh Freeze. Well, if it's not Hugh Freeze, and I'm skeptical that it would be, but if it's not, well, then who do you go get? Billy Napier's a name that comes up. You have Jamie Chadwell at Coastal Carolina. His name gets brought up. Who else? Am I naming anybody that would really excite you? And then you could also ask, what do coaches think about the Tennessee job? How is the program viewed? You're probably going to get differing opinions there. Here's what Joe Rexrode said about that on Sports 180. He joined us on Tuesday. Joe covers Tennessee football, Tennessee Titans football as well, with TheAthletic.com. And he talked about just what we've seen in past searches at Tennessee and the questions that it will continue to bring up with how Tennessee's football head coaching position and the program are viewed. You know, Josh, I mean, the last coaching search, I was a bit stunned um, by some of the coaches who ultimately weren't interested. And, I mean, to me, that has to speak to me more than anything to uncertainty about everyone being on the same page, about, you know, the administration, the board, the boosters. Uh, I mean, I've got to think that that is, a big part of why some coaches are leery. And the thing is, and maybe the problem is here, if, if Jeremy Pruitt is fired um, and I'm a, you know, a prospective candidate, I'm looking at that and saying, man, year three, huh? And, uh, you know, and he sort of gets the show of support. Now they get this investigation and now he's out. I mean, that just doesn't seem like it's something I want to mess with. And I, I do think that that's a, that's a problem for Tennessee, and I think it goes all the way back to when Philip Fulmer was fired and, and a lot of things that have happened since then. And a lot of things have happened since then. So that's something to at least consider if you're a decision maker at Tennessee. How is the program viewed? What is the best direction to go? Is it with Jeremy Pruitt as the head coach? Is it going after another head coach? Could we get a candidate that would be qualified to come in and take over this program and take on Alabama, Georgia, and Florida in what would be a very costly move, at least we assume right now, with the buyout that is in Jeremy Pruitt's contract. If something changed there, based on the internal investigation that's going on, well, that could change this conversation. But right now, if you're a decision maker at Tennessee, you have to weigh the cost that would be applied to make this kind of move. Would it be worth it? Perhaps that's something that they are discussing right now as we continue to wait and find out what the decision will be for 2021 and beyond. Coming up later in the show, an interesting tweet, at least from Tennessee running backs coach Jay Graham, regarding the future and Austin Pope's decision to leave Tennessee. He explained why. You'll hear his answer in the final segment coming up next. Grant Ramey and I are going to talk Tennessee basketball, the six-game start for the Vols, and what to expect with Tennessee playing Missouri tonight to open up SEC play. We will get to that coming up next right here on Locked on Vols. Today's show is presented by BuiltBar.com. Built Bar offers so many great options for you. If you need a snack on the go, if you need something to get through the middle of the morning or the afternoon, the Built Bar is a great option. It's the best tasting protein bar I think that you're going to find. The Built Bar is covered in 100% chocolate. It's soft and easy to chew, and they have so many flavors for you to choose from, from salted caramel to double chocolate, mint brownie, caramel brownie, cookies and cream, apple almond crisp. I could keep going. Go to BuiltBar.com and check out all the flavors. And check out the nutritional information. Built Bars are a healthy option for you. Are you trying to lose weight or maintain weight? 
Most of us are. Built Bars are low-calorie, low in sugar, high in protein, high in fiber. Check out BuiltBar.com, see all the amazing flavors they have, and when you go to the website, remember to use promo code Locked on, you'll get 20% off your next order. Use promo code locked on for 20% off at builtbar.com. I want to welcome to the show Grant Ramey, who covers Tennessee basketball for GoVols247.com, as Tennessee is getting ready for its SEC opener at Missouri on Wednesday night, 9 o'clock Eastern Time tip off. Grant, um, it, it looks like Rick Barnes saying on Monday consistency is the key to what he's looking for from Tennessee's basketball team. What do you think what he means when, when he brings up consistency and he talks about what Josiah Jordan-James has done on a positive side of, of consistency? I think he wants more guys to be like Josiah. He just wants to know what he's going to get from that guy when he's on the floor. If you give him 10 minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes a night, he knows what he's going to get from you. I mean, you look at Josiah – through the first six games, uh, you know, he's, he scored uh, around the same number every night. He's had a, a certain number of rebounds a night, a certain number of assists. Uh, he just does a little bit of everything. He hits big shots for this team. Uh, he's going to be a guy that can come up with a block or a steal when you need one. He's a vocal leader uh, on this team. He's kind of the glue guy where he's got a ton of talent around him, and he just kind of fills in all the cracks. I don't think he's ever really going to make a huge play that's going to wow you or he's going to score a ton of points, or he's going to have a ton of rebounds, but he's going to have a really busy stat line every night. And I think they want as many guys as possible that are like Josiah Jordan-James that are just going to make a play uh, at a consistent basis, and you're going to know what you get when you put that guy in. I don't think that's an insult to any other players. There have been a lot of bright spots for the first six games up and down the roster. They just want it as the SEC schedule starts and gets going. They want a little bit more consistency all the way around, knowing what they're going to get from these guys. Yeah, we've seen things like that from Rick Barnes in the past, haven't we? When uh, Grant Williams would go for 20 points roughly in a basketball game and Rick would pull up the box score and say, okay, what do you do rebounding the basketball? Looking for as much from all of the players as he can find, right? Right. He's going to constantly – and that's honestly something that's kind of been surprising through these first six games. He's talked so highly of these guys, and I think they've deserved it because – uh, in a lot of these games, even the Appalachian States, the Tennessee Techs, the games where you're supposed to win comfortably, they've been locked in from the start, and they've won those games comfortably. Now, they are a little bit sloppy last week against USC Upstate, and maybe that's a good thing for them to kind of get that out of the way before the SEC schedule starts, especially with a really tough one at Missouri uh, this week. But, yeah, he's going to pick apart. If you score 18, but you only have three rebounds and you're Eve Ponce, you got to have more than three rebounds. Uh, if you're not uh, you know, if there's not enough assists for Santiago Vescovi, or you can just kind of go up and down the list. He's going to pick something apart, and that's a compliment to a guy. That's not an insult because if he thinks you can do that, uh, that's that's he believes in you. He thinks you can help this team more than you are, which I think is the case. Grant, what do you think about this matchup, this opener for Tennessee against Missouri? I think whoever scheduled this for the SEC, I don't know if they had any idea uh, that they were going to match up two top 12 teams. Uh, with this game, but putting it on a 9 p.m. game on a Wednesday, the the opening week of the SEC schedule uh, is really falling into something nice here because these look like two of the best teams in the SEC. Uh, It's experience versus experience. Um, It's two defensive-minded teams. It feels like it's going to be a rock fight. Like First team to 60, 65 points might win this one, Uh, but it's going to be a really good test for both teams. I mean, Missouri has a neutral site win over Oregon. They went to Wichita State and won. They beat Illinois at home. 
they had to rally and survive last week to beat Bradley at home. So they, they've passed some tests and they've got some question marks. Tennessee, on the other hand, they haven't been away from home yet. Uh, that Colorado team they beat uh, opening night was probably the best team on their schedule so far. Uh, but you don't really know what you're going to get from these guys away from home. So it's a really good test both ways, and it's a really good tone setter kind of uh, at what looks like the top of the league standings right now. There's all all kinds of talk about Keon Johnson, Jaden Springer, what they've done. Now that you've seen them in six games of action, what do you think, and, and what do you think moving forward with how those guys will be involved with what Tennessee's doing? Uh, I still think they're special guys. I think they are ready to be big-time contributors in the biggest moments of these SEC games moving forward. I haven't seen anything from them uh, where they shy away uh, from that moment. They want to be on the floor. They want to be the guys that are uh, you know, playing those important minutes, those, those winning-time minutes late in games. So uh, I think they're going to continue to be a really, really big factor on both ends of the floor for this team. Tennessee needs a guy like Jaden Springer to score like he's shown that he can score through these first six games they need Keon to be a guy that's going to get down on the floor that's going to get a steal that's going to get a a block take a charge whatever uh defensively I think they're going to be huge parts uh and they're going to I don't know if this team you know they're not completely relying on these guys 100 percent but if these guys live up to their potential it takes this team obviously to a very different level yeah, I was asked on Tuesday what's next for those two players in terms of what to look for, and I said more opportunities on offense as the season goes along, and I said that because on we know they have to play defense to play, especially on this team, right? But uh, I, I would expect Springer's playmaking ability seems pretty obvious, and, and Johnson could do more. So I'll be curious offensively how they grow as this season goes along. For sure, Jaden. I've been really impressed with Jaden in terms of he knows where he wants to be on the floor with the ball, and he creates from there, whether that's his own offense or setting something up based on attracting defenders himself. I think for Keon, he can become a better ball handler. I think that's going to be a season-long thing for him. He can become a more consistent shooter. But some of the finishes he's had on the offensive end are jaw-dropping. I mean, the spins and kind of the up-and-unders that he's had. Uh, if he can just kind of keep building consistency on the offensive end uh, and tighten up his hand a little bit, he's going to be a really good ba- uh, basketball player. There's a reason, obviously, a lot of reasons these guys are projected as uh, first-round picks in NBA draft next summer. Hey, did you think that Victor Bailey Jr. would be this involved in terms of how many shots he's had, just what he's been able to do to this point? People kept saying this guy's probably the best scorer on the team. Mike Schwartz told me in March last year after the season – uh, last season got canceled, that, that Victor was going to be uh, – it was almost like he played at Jordan Bone's speed at guard, but he had the scoring mentality of Lamonte Turner in terms of looking for his shots and trying to get his points. And that's a really, really good combination to have if you're going to be a guard playing for Rick Barnes. And I think he's he started to live up to that. I mean, Josiah James said in July when we talked to him that Victor Bailey was the best-kept secret in college basketball. And mm-hmm. it's like the more you asked about this guy, the more people talked about him the more they raved about him. And right now it looks like he's the most consistent uh, shot maker point scorer on this team right now. And this team can be elite defensively. And I think we've seen that at times offensively, they've got a lot of options, but it's going to be interesting to see who's that go-to guy when they really need a big bucket at a big moment in the game. Is it John Fulkerson in the post? Is it VJ Bailey on uh, hitting a three pointer or something like that? They're going to have to develop that. And what we've seen from Victor Bailey so far, I think he can be that guy. Hey, last item, I'll get you out of here. Grant Ramey, GoVols247.com. Tennessee's the clear favorite in the SEC, isn't it, with conference play beginning because of how Kentucky's performed? Is that right? And what do you think of Tennessee carrying that role into league play? 
I mean, it feels like everybody's kind of pointing to Tennessee and, and expecting them to be that that kind of the the class of the league right now. Obviously, Kentucky. I mean, this is unprecedented. You know, you got to go back like a hundred years to find the last time they were one and six, and maybe they figure it out at some point in the season. But obviously, it's a it's a pretty huge concern. Missouri has been really really surprising. I mean, they were up thirteen on the Illinois team that had, I mean, and that's a rivalry game. That Illinois team had just gone to Duke and handled Duke pretty easily at Cameron Indoor. Uh, and then they went to Missouri, and they were down 13 in the second half. Illinois comes back and cuts it to one, and Missouri finds some answers down the stretch. That was a that was a really nice win. So Missouri surprised me a ton. Uh, LSU, I think, will be there. Uh, Georgia's record is there right now, but I'd be surprised if they're there. So based on Tennessee, what they have experience-wise, what they have depth-wise, what they can do defensively, uh, the young talent they have on this team, the, the options in the backcourt, the options in the frontcourt, it seems like they could be the class of the league. Uh, but right now, you got to kind of see what happens at Missouri, kind of get a really good test there and a, a lot better judge of what this team can be uh, and go from there. Go read his work at GoVols247.com covering Tennessee basketball. They have coverage for you on UT football and football recruiting as well. GoVols247.com. And if you ever know need to know where to find Tennessee on TV, he's on Twitter, at Grant Ramey. Hey, Grant, appreciate the time as always. Thank you. Thanks, bud. It should be a fun one tonight. Tennessee and Missouri will play at 9 o'clock Eastern time. The game will be on the SEC Network. BetOnline.ag has Tennessee as a three-and-a-half-point favorite going into the game against Missouri. This will be a good test for Tennessee to open up SEC play. And on tomorrow's show, I'll be talking about what will have happened in the game. We'll have some reaction to the SEC opener for Tennessee. Coming up next, some interesting tweets from Jay Graham on Tuesday, and Austin Pope explains why he's leaving Tennessee. Another defensive starter enters the transfer portal. I'll update you on all of that coming up next right here on Locked on Vols. Today's show is presented by betonline.ag, the site I mentioned a moment ago, and I mentioned they have lines on college basketball that is now going on. They have lines on NFL heading into the final weekend of the regular season. Bowl games continue on, and you can bet on all of them at betonline.ag. And you can keep going with all the different sports that they have from NBA to college basketball to the NFL and college football, future bets, and other sports. Boxing, they've got it for you on BetOnline. BetOnline.ag is the website. And when you go sign up with your free account, make sure you use promo code Locked On, and that will get you a 50% welcome bonus. If you've been sitting on the sidelines don't do it anymore. Go check out Locked On Bets. They'll help you out. And then go sign up at betonline.ag. And remember to use promo code Locked On for your 50% welcome bonus. The website is betonline.ag. The code is Locked On at BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Tennessee running backs coach Jay Graham had a couple of interesting tweets on Tuesday. The first one had a picture of a Tennessee football helmet with the word relentless. The power T was in the middle of the word, and the two S's were replaced by the number 22. That would indicate that they are putting together their marketing message for recruiting in 2022. And the caption Jay Graham posted was, Home sweet home at Tennessee. Maybe a message to in-state recruits. He also had another post with a picture of Smokey with the caption, Vol Dogs Hunt, Vol Dogs Hunt. I'm not a big fan of reading too much into what's posted on Twitter. 
but this is also a coach on Tennessee staff and posting a couple of messages, I would say being sent to prospects mainly, that is a sign Tennessee is moving forward in recruiting. Does that tell us everything that's going to happen? No, I'd say what's happening behind the scenes with Tennessee administration matters more than a current staff member working on the recruiting trail because they've already been working on recruiting from a distance. It's a dead period, of course, that is going on right now. But Jay Graham is showing some public interaction with the future of Tennessee football. That's something to at least pay attention to. Jay Graham is a VFL. He's a former player. He's coached at Tennessee before and is back for a second stint. Is very, very much respected on the staff. Jay's very well thought of as far as everything I know in the coaching industry. But Worth noting, I think, at least during a quiet time when we're not getting much from Tennessee, that Jay Graham had those posts. There was also news from Tennessee's football team. DeAndre Johnson is in the transfer portal. He confirmed that on Tuesday after, I believe, posting a tweet on Monday and then deleting it. Tennessee's outside linebacker is in the transfer portal, so it looks like he will attempt to play his extra year of eligibility somewhere else. That is another player that Tennessee will have to replace. Tennessee has a bunch of players in the transfer portal. Some have not played much. Some have. Kevon Bennett's played a lot. He was dismissed from Tennessee's football team. Austin Pope is in the transfer portal. He's a guy that would have been important in Tennessee's offense if he had decided to stay. He was missed this past season, played a really important role in 2019. We'll get to that coming up in just a moment. And of course, Jarrett Garantano played a lot at Tennessee. He is in the transfer portal looking to play his sixth year of eligibility elsewhere. Now, with Austin Pope, the Knoxville native who played an important role in the offense in 2019 and was missed in 2020 not being able to play because of injury, him being in the transfer portal, I think, is notable. And he spoke to Jimmy Himes of the Sports Animal. You can go read the story that Jimmy wrote on the Sports Animal website. I link to it in the show notes if you want to check it out. And Austin said that he's leaving Tennessee to go play at a different school, hoping to show more of what he can do. Austin wants to show that he can be a pass-catching option, not just a blocker. And I think Austin Pope is a good blocking option within the run game and can really help in protection, but he wants to show that he can catch the football. And he said this, quote, I felt like with one year left, especially coming off an injury, I needed to show everything in my toolbox to go to the next level because that's my goal. That's my dream, referring to the NFL. And he said, quote, I didn't feel like I could do that in this offense. Pope was sure to say that he had zero problems with Jeremy Pruitt. In fact, Pope said he has, quote, mad respect for Pruitt. But Pope noted that he was not involved much as a pass-catching option in the offense and said, quote, I'd like to catch passes. I've been predominantly a blocker. I think I have the ability to catch balls and make plays. It's not in my best interest to be just a blocker. It just doesn't fit me anymore. Last year, meaning 2019, 90% of the time I was blocking. So Austin wants to go somewhere else and show that he can be a pass-catching option, which I think is a good idea. If, If he wants to show that he can be a receiver and not just a blocker, well, in Tennessee's offense, that's probably not going to work out. That also might indicate why Hudson Wolf decided to go to Ole Miss instead of Tennessee, because he saw the tight end position was not being used much in the offense. And I think it maybe could have been with Princeton Fant and Jacob Warren this past year. Both of those guys have pass catching ability. And Hudson Wolf decided, I'm going to go somewhere else. Now, Tennessee did sign Miles Campbell, and he's coming in hoping to show that he can be a good pass catching option. But worth noting, Austin Pope decided this offense is not for me. I want to go somewhere else. 
And you have to wonder, how is this offense viewed by other prospects out there on the recruiting trail? Some are impressed. Look at what Tennessee just signed at running back with Cody Brown, Tyon Evans, and Jalen Wright. I think that's a pretty good group in this 2020 class. And Tennessee has done pretty well recruiting at the wide receiver position. They will need more help. And the offense, for sure, needs to continue to develop. The quarterback position will play a big role in that, too. That is going to do it for Locked On Vols today. As I mentioned on tomorrow's show, we'll recap what happened in Tennessee's SEC opener against Missouri tonight. I'm going to have a mailbag section. Still time for you to send me any questions if you'd like to on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. I'll open up the mailbag for the Thursday episode of Locked On Vols coming up tomorrow. Thanks to Grant Ramey for stopping by the show today. Thank you for being here. Thanks to everybody who has helped spread the word to other Tennessee fans and or left a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. That is a big help. Don't forget to check out our other Locked On podcast shows, Locked On College Football, Locked On SEC, Locked On Bets. Thank you again for being here today. I will see you tomorrow here on Locked On Vols.